They say the pen is mightier, but in whose hands? So we'll pick two stories head to head and find out which one lands. All three sham writers haven't read a lot, so your sham host will find a famous plot. From books and films and TV shows, they'll make a pitch, then off you go to write what you don't know. Sham Fiction, the show where two writers cross pens in a duel to write what they don't know. Now, here's your host, Eric Carlson. Hey everybody, it's another episode of Sham Fiction. Yay! 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 Yay. Listen to those crowds, yay! Yay! There, yay! Okay, enough celebration! Enough celebration! So... Hello, I'm Eric Carlson. I'm your host this week. I'm joined by two lovely uh, members of the crowd. <laughs> Over here, crowd member number one. We got Marcus Mann. Say hello, Marcus Mann. Hello! I'm a crowd hey. member. You are, and you are the best crowd member. Don't tell Andrew. And over here, crowd member number two is Andrew Neal. Hello, Andrew Neal. I heard everything you just said. Oh! And I'm very hurt. <laughs> You jumped up. I got um, run. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start our own crowd. You're the host of the show. Why are you running? <laughs> uh, did you like my my feet patter sound effect? Oh, Ooh, that that's was pretty good. Ooh, that's good. I didn't hear uh, it the first time. Wonder if it picks is. up. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, how are you doing today? Doing are you feeling good. Today is yeah. a glorious day to sham. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think we ought to, we ought to, uh, you know, we got to write some stories. Um, and I love, sh- I love, uh, I love science fiction. Do you guys love science fiction? I am all about it. You know, the like science? your Star Star Treks. We did, and, we did a Star Trek on here. And your, it was and our your first Star episode? Wars. And, and or was it those? Second. It's one of those. I think it's the second one. They're both sci-fi. Uh, we did a Lost and we did a Star Trek. That's true. We we started off in the sci-fi world. We have uh, credentials, I would say. Yeah. But today, I'm going to talk about something that is at least based on another classic sci-fi franchise like Star Trek. Ooh, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I kind of wish. I kind of wish we were, but no. So we're low. talking about a Star Wars story. You just stop, Marcus. You just stop. And let me Cobra tell the people Kai. the name that was last week. Not science fiction. Okay. <laughs> Not science fiction. I forgot uh, you guys already... got that part wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you didn't tell us. <laughs> uh, but like like everybody already knows, because they read the title of this podcast before they hit play, we're talking about Lost in Space. Matt Yes. William Hurt. 99 or something. Yeah, you got it. Uh, no, we're talking about the 2018 Netflix series. Hmm. And I okay. mention the 60s because this was, as you all know, originally a television program from the 1960s, also called called Lost in Space. I know... Very popular at the time. Nothing about the original series. I well, there did, was a robot. I knew there was a robot. I know Danger Danger Will Robinson. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all, that's all you needed to know. Uh, and... Uh, when I picture the robot, like, I know it's not, but I picture Robbie the robot from Forbidden Planet. 
even uh, is that one fact? Oh, fun yeah? fact. Okay. The uh, the person, the man who designed Robbie the robot, also designed and built the robot from Lost in Space. <clears throat> and there is one episode. There is one episode of the classic TV series where Robbie the robot actually appears as like an alien robot that the robot from Lost in Space has to fight. What it's was just, that? Was that, that reusing been, reusing robots? That would have been after Forbidden Planet, right? I would think so. Yes. Okay. Do you know if it was like Robbie as himself, or was it just reusing? I the think robot? it was just. I think it was just reusing the suit. That's funny. Okay. Good. That happened a lot. Like the like robot from the original series also got reused on some other shows later on. It's just what happens. You build you build your props for CBS. And then they just reuse it. Give it for a all new their... coat of paint. There you go. Call it uh, good. And and I don't know if you know this. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Lost in space, based on uh, you know, uh, it was not original in the '60s. It was based on the Swiss Family Robinson. Oh yeah. Oh, I never made that connection. Funny they enough, are, they are the Robinson family in Lost in Space. Uh, there it is. That's all you need. There you go. Yeah. Any, Man, anyway. Swiss Family Robinson. I loved swiss family robinson that movie when i was a kid i to this day wish i lived in a treehouse that would be delightful you know what you know what you can use that as inspiration when you're writing lost in space anyway i'm gonna keep talking about the 2018 series so this series on netflix was uh written by matt sazama and burke sharpless and it's a it's a 10 episode run produced by legendary television Oh, and now that I've named them, I'll name all the other production companies. Synthesis Entertainment, Clickety Clack Productions, and Apple Box Entertainment. Anyway, it's on Netflix, premiered April 13th, 2018. And uh, it has recently been renewed for a second season. Whoa! Congratulations, all. Congratulations. I gotta say, I gotta say, before we get into this, that the writers I mentioned... Uh, Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. Uh, you have heard of their work. If you cannot place their name, uh, I don't blame you. Uh, I'm just going to list their their credentials. They are best known for some crap that I haven't seen. But, <laughs> Thanks for calling it crap. <laughs> like but that's I hear, real nice. <laughs> but I hear that it is all crap. Okay. Uh, Gods of Egypt. Oh. Oh. Remember that? Remember that stinker? Yeah. Dracula Untold. Ooh. Yep. Yeah, another one. Uh, the Last Witch Hunter. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is all and, good stuff. And they did a rewrite of the 2017 Power Rangers movie. These Ooh. guys are on fire. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Now, I feel like for the listeners who may not be as in tune with the Hollywood system, we should make a disclaimer that many wonderful writers get credited for products that end up being completely terrible. Absolutely. Through you no got, a, you got a Hollywood producer who's like, I want to make a new Dracula movie, but make it all cool and hip like the kids will like. Let's hire these guys. And then they have to write the they have to write the thing that they were asked to write, and sometimes you can't polish a turd enough. Well, not often know? they're they're not the only writers. They don't have final say over the script. They don't have any say over the edit or the direction. Yeah, all true. Lots That's of reasons. All true. 
That anyway, is, that is the case. Yes. Very good point. Still, they wrote a lot of stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, I just wanted to to preface this. Sure. When I'm talking about this uh, story, there is some, you know, there's some uh, good company here. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's everything that I need to warn you about before we get into it. Any preliminary questions before we begin the eight-minute pitch? Well, I gotta ask, did you like it? Did I like it? I gotta say, I'm a little conflicted. A little conflicted? I'm a little conflicted. There are things I love. There are things that I did not love. All right. I think it's a it's a worthy series. They do some interesting things, and I want to talk about the things that excite me about this, mm-hmm. in the hopes that you will take those elements and craft something enjoyable out of it. Uh, and maybe I can just cherry pick and not uh, you know try to steer you away from the elements I didn't like. This is all very selfish for me. Sure. Yeah. Do your <laughs> thing. Yeah, let's we do ready it. To go? I'm ready, ready to go. Ready to go. Do let's get a timer on the clock. All right. Oh man. Pitch session. Eight minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. Let's jam. All right. It is the not so distant future, and the Earth, you know, the planet, has <laughs> been <laughs> recently struck by a meteor. A meteor dubbed the Christmas Star because it showed up on Christmas and was a gift to the world. Except it wasn't because it's killing the world. Oh no! Yep. So, uh, you know, you got you got the, the blocking out the sun and things are dying and humanity is, has, is, is on the clock. You know, it's only got so much time before all life on the planet has been just wiped out. Uh-oh. Luckily, uh, in the not-too-distant future, we have the technology to get humanity, at least some of humanity, off the planet to a new planet uh, somewhere around Alpha Centauri. Uh, so they build a ship called the Resolute, and this is this big, like, tube, tubey ship, like, with bicycle tires rotating around the outside. Ah, you know, one of those ones. Gravity. And in, in the, the, the bicycle tires, you got, a, a, like, dozens of little little mini ships. The, the, these are little, like, uh, family unit short-range, small ships that individual families occupy. They take these ships, this gets them from the Earth up to the Resolute. The Resolute shuttles them off to Alpha Centauri. There, they undock, and the little family ship goes down to the new planet, and then that little ship becomes their new home on the new planet. It's a very nice system. It's pretty and then good. The Resolute, and then the Resolute heads back to Earth to get another batch and that's uh, that's the way it goes. That's the system. Uh, but what happens is that on the 24th mission of the uh, Resolute, the Robinson family is there. Hey, the Robinsons. Hey. Yeah, characters. Will Robinson, danger. Uh, yeah, danger. And there is danger because suddenly, out of the blue, no warning, the ship is attacked. The Resolute is attacked by an alien robot. Oh, not Robbie. Okay. Uh, but oh no, this causes havoc and like emergency procedures happen on the ship where a, a, maybe all, maybe at least a bunch of the family unit ships have to break away, have to have to undock 
to reach safety in the event that you know like the resolute's going to explode or something you know mm-hmm. but these are these are little short range ships and there's issues there's maybe some uh, they're not quite sure where they are in space. Maybe there was some kind of wormhole or something. We're not quite sure. Some weird stuff happened. This alien attacked. All these families disembark and end up crash landing on this unknown planet. Hmm. So now you got the Robinson family uh, on one ship and a bunch of other people on other ships all crash landed on this mysterious planet. Got it? Got yep. it. Cool. So let's talk about the Robinson family. So, uh, members, there are five members total. We'll start with Maureen, Maureen Robinson. She is an engineer and a scientist. She's the mom, and she is the leader of that, of this, uh, this family. Like, she is, she is the one in charge, like a mission commander, kind of, you know. If, if the family unit is a military unit, she is the commander. Right. Uh, she's the most capable person on the show. <laughs> most intelligent, willing to to do anything to protect her family super curious wants to understand everything around her she's great uh her husband uh or should i say ex-husband john is there now they've been having some trouble they they basically they're estranged but they they got back together sort of just four so minutes they can get remaining the, ooh, four minutes so they can get the family off the earth and, and onto one of these ships so he's trying to patch things up with her he is uh he's not the smartest dude but he is a military guy so he's tough and he's always willing to get his hands dirty and just like marine will do anything to protect the kids um next children uh we got judy who is the eldest child uh, she's Marine's oldest daughter, not John's. This is from a previous marriage of Marine's. Um, she's 18 years old. Um, she's takes after her mom. She's a medical doctor, medically trained. Um, so anybody gets hurt, she's the one to address it. Um, she's fantastic. She's probably my second favorite character in this show. Um, she's mixed race, kind of nice, just a little bit of difference in this all-white family. Uh, next... We got Penny. She's the middle child. I guess she's the funny one. You guess? <laughs> I guess. I mean, she she does stuff, but mostly she's just there as comic relief. She tells jokes. Yeah, she's just kind of silly and awkward and teenager and has, you know, trouble with love, that sort of stuff. Anyway, uh, lastly, we got Will. Danger, <gasps> danger! Will Robinson. Danger! Yeah. yeah, he gets in danger, and that's basically his role. Oh, he just gets in, he gets out, to, up, it gets, gets mess, messes with things. Yeah. Yeah, he's the youngest. He's not really that good at anything. There's questions about whether she, he is even like qualified to be on this mission, but he just kind of gets himself in danger. That's the problem with children. Yeah. They're not good for anything. That is the problem. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> just be All adults right. already. Mm-hmm. Though, you know what Pick he does up. do? You know what Will does do? What's that? He befriends <gasps> a robot. Yay! So on this planet... He discovers that the alien that was attacking the Resolute also came down on his own little ship and crash-landed and got himself severed in half. Two minutes remaining. Oh, two minutes remaining. And stuck on a tree. So Will saves him. And ever since Will saves this dying robot, he becomes, like, loyal, like this puppy dog that is there to protect (laughs) him and tell him when danger is going to happen, which happens a lot. Uh Uh-oh. 
Yep. And uh, two other people I got to talk about really quick. We got Dr. Smith mm-hmm. in this show. If that is indeed your real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lady. It's a lady in this show. And she's just like a con artist. She, like, she snuck. She She's a bad lady. She killed her sister to take her place on this mission. And ever since then, he, she's just trying to, to save her own skin. She's out for number one, and that's it. Is like she... Like a Gaius Baltar? I... Is that? Oh wait, this is Battlestar. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly like that. Um, the commander of the Resolute mission knows that she's not who she <laughs> says she is, so she doesn't want to get back to the Resolute because he's just going to send her back to Earth and one die minute there. remaining. One minute remaining. Enough time to talk about our last character, Don West. Don, he's a pilot. He's a hotshot. He's a smuggler, bringing that sweet uh, that sweet whiskey. Matt to, LeBlanc. Uh, <laughs> same role different guy not matt leblanc he's got a devil maker attitude hey. he's a hot shot he's flirty you know and he has a chicken named debbie what <laughs> yep he's got a little he's got a pet chicken he's Wait saved a, a chicken and uh, forever companion now he's okay. got a chicken named debbie. all right that's all you need good anyway. fresh eggs yep that's well maybe i don't know how does that work in space it's just friendship friendship always works in space oh okay <laughs> yeah anyway they're on a planet andrew they're on a planet. In space. In yeah, and they're lost. They're lost there. Uh, yeah. Yep. In space. Yep. Yep. You got like two seconds left. And we're done. That's it? That's all <laughs> you have to tell us? <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm, I've, I've told you everything. Hey, there it is. What? That's Time it? Time to spare. All right. That's it. <laughs> if you have questions, Andrew, you are free to ask me the questions That's in our upcoming Q&A segment. Yeah. But you will not be starting first. Ah, Marcus Mann strike will first. be asking me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> strike first. Strike hard. I heard that. So uh, you're up first, Marcus. Are you All ready? All right. I'm ready. Great. All right, Andrew, step aside. Uh, put on your, uh, your space ejector suit. Ejector pod. Get that <laughs> helmet on. Oh, okay, he's gone. There isn't an ejector pod in this ship. I hope nobody tells him. I hope he's okay. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> there he goes. I'm floating in space! <laughs> I love oh, this boy. bit. Give it up. Oh, boy. Keep, keep going. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> he can't. All right. Shut up. Go away. Okay. Marcus, ask your questions, please. Let's get a timer, a two-minute timer on the board. Two-minute Q&A begin. Why is the show called Lost in Space? Because they're lost in space, even though they're on a planet the whole time. Okay, so it is just a planet the whole time. They don't get more yes. lost. Yes. They have no idea where they are. No idea. There shouldn't be a planet there. Something happened. Well, what is the central conflict? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? They're trying to contact the Resolute, which is orbiting the planet, and get back onto the Resolute so they can continue onto Alpha Centauri. Oh, so the Resolute's still in shape. Like, it's still, still intact? It did not explode completely. Okay. Is it, so they still have people alive on the Resolute? Do they know that? Apparently, at least a captain uh, radioing out into space, though I don't know anything else about it. Uh, so, what is the Robinson family's relationship with the other characters? Uh, they're just fellow colonists. Okay. They're so, all kind of their own unit. What, what, what are the threats and dangers on the planet? The planet is monster balls. It has big monsters uh-huh. uh, that can kill you. It has a very volatile... Um, environment 
And uh, it is obvious, it becomes obvious very quickly that um, this world goes through cycles where every like couple of months maybe, everything dies. Ooh. It like it gets too close to the sun, everything burns up and incinerates, and then everything kind of regenerates once it gets further away. So is it like a desert planet then? No, it's it's a lush Earth-like planet. Okay, and breathable air? Yes. Okay. Uh, 30 seconds uh, remaining. Weapons, cool sci-fi gizmos, anything like that? Um, not much for weapons. They got 3D printers. Um, they got the spaceship itself, which is pretty snazzy. Um, it's... Man, there's not a lot of tech... At one point, a character 3D prints a gun, and that's bad news. Ooh, gotcha. Does he have ammo? Uh, you can assume. Okay. I mean, you'd have to, right? Yeah, you pretty much have to. There it is. All right. I guess it's time for me to eject. Oh, no! Didn't even put his helmet on. All right. Well, writer number one is dead. Let's, uh, Let's see if Andrew managed to survive the vacuum of space. I'm back! Oh, there he is! Hey, here I hey, am. Hey, buddy, you survived. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to come in through the airlock. Uh-huh. I was floating out there in space because yeah, it turns out time. it wasn't a, an ejector pod. It was just an ejector. I just was flung out into space. I noticed that. I was worried. Yeah. Well, you're back now, which means I assume you have uh, come back with some questions. For I have me. so many questions. I couldn't yeah. believe that that was the end. That was the end. I know. It, you know what? I may. I, I would have told you more. I just didn't feel like I had enough time. Though I will say, Marcus did ask some very good questions. Yeah. Especially in regards to like some conflict and plot. And I, if you ask the right questions, I may actually give you some of the same information that yeah. I gave Marcus. If I ask it differently. But yeah, we'll see. We will see. I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing anything. But there are some pieces. That you you may find that you need. So, yeah. if you're ready, yeah, I am. Let's get that timer on the board. Two minute Q and A begin. Okay, so is their goal to get back to the resolute or flag the resolute back, or did the resolute get destroyed? I was a little confused there. Uh, I will say it is the first thing, and that is information I told Marcus. So yes, to try to get back thing. to the resolute. Okay, okay. So, um, the planet that they're on, uh. Mm-hmm. Do they have to go out in spacesuits? Is it not? Is the air breathable? Uh, the air is breathable. Also a Marcus question. Yeah, yes, but okay. Deserve to um, uh, is it uh, inhabited? Is the planet inhabited by other life? Uh, some, yeah. There's lots of plant life, a variety of, of wacky little critters. Okay. Um, but there is also one uh, very large, dangerous, deadly sort of creature that is attracted to light oh interesting okay yeah how many families are there like and there are the families close to one another i i don't remember exactly i want to say it's like six or seven families that are fairly close to each other they kind of end up as the sort of small town trying to survive and get back to the resolute okay and um the so were the other two characters that you named the, the 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 con woman and the smuggler? They weren't on board with the Robinses, were they? Were they even no, on? No, good, good question. They were on a different pod. Okay. Um, the sm- the uh, con artist snuck on a pod remaining. that Don was piloting. That that the other guy was piloting. You yeah. Said? Yeah. Okay. And they they were like the only ones to survive that 
Oh, and Debbie were the only ones to survive that crash. Now, were they... Are all of these pods family? Because those people didn't don't strike me as family. Were they, like, posing as a family? Is, uh, is that important? I think, I think it's mostly families with maybe some support personnel. Like, Don made, makes this trip all the time. So he's, like, on the Resolute crew. What's the robot Time's deal? up. Dang it! It's the end. Never mind. You already know the answer anyway. Oh, uh, he loves... No, you know the answer. He, he yells danger, Will Robinson. Exactly. Uh, that's it. That's... Basically. Actually, no, it's a very good question. I wish I had time nah, to tell you. It's, it's too late. Because there that... are many things the robot does. What's but that? I'm, there are many things the robot does. I am only interested in what you think yeah, the robot I'll does. Yeah, I'll make something up. I'll make, make it up. up. All right, fantastic. So you uh, you put put on put on your helmet. Yeah. Take your protein pills, etc. etc. Yep. And uh, at all. Yeah, at all. And uh, go right. And we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, have a couple of commercial messages, and then we'll be back in just a couple minutes with some stories from Marcus and Andrew if they survive the vacuum of space. Yay! <laughs> Hey gang, it's the break, which means I have the opportunity to thank you all for everything you do, for listening, for subscribing, and for rating the show on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app. If you haven't given us five stars yet or written us a wonderful, uh, glowing review, well, there's still time. Head on over there, you know, to the podcast app and iTunes, all that jazz. Anyway, those ratings help new listeners find the show, so please do it. I also wanted to let you know that Sham Fiction has a beautiful new redesigned website. It's shamfiction.com, and it's the best place to find info about us, the hosts, about the show itself, and to give us money so that we can keep making the show. So please check it out. Shamfiction.com. That's all there is to it. Let's get back to the show. Lost in space. Lost in space. We're going again. Lost in space. We're going to space. Then where we going? Because we're lost in space. Hey, that's the theme song to Lost in Space. You know it. You love it. You've been hearing it for 40 years. <laughs> you right Casey here. Case them now. Yep, apparently. And let's go to the top 10 hits. <laughs> that is way lower than Casey Kasem's voice. Uh, oh no, it's Gravel Kasem. I'm Gravel Kasem. Uh, anyway, hey everybody, D- uh, we're back. Uh, we're back. Are the show. we? This, this is, is actually this is the happening. Show? This, this is, is it. The show. Okay. Surprise, everybody! All right, <laughs> it's happening for real. Gravel Kasem is now an official character. Add him to the wiki. <laughs> It's it's uh, it's not Gravel Man, actually a different character called Gravel Kesa. <laughs> in the oh Gravel verse, there are Gravel is... people everywhere in the Gravel verse. The Gravel verse. Name a but person. Speaking... There's a Gravel version. <laughs> Name a person. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. I gotta pull somebody from Lost in Space. Matt LeBlanc. Uh, okay, there so you go. there's Matt a Gravel LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Hey, you know what? We did not talk about that much what? in the pitch. That there is a amazing 1998 <laughs> film with the title Lost in Space. Yeah. Lost in Space. I'm sure all three of us uh, watched when we were we children. Nope. Am I correct? Yeah. Nope. Did you? Did, did, yeah. Matt LeBlanc is there. Nope. Uh, why? Heather Graham is there. Oh, is she really? Yeah. I, I did not know that. that. She is. Uh, she is the eldest sister. Okay. 
you know. Is it all the same characters in the? I, it's I, just I, the exact I have not, same characters. Okay, I because I you know yeah, who I else is there? It. You know who else is there? Who? who? Gary, goddamn Oldman. Oh, oh really? Is Doctor Smith? Everybody listening right now, uh, forget this Netflix series. Just go, go check out Lost in Space, the film. I don't know about that. It's never good. It's excellent. <laughs> I have such nostalgia for that piece. Anyway, <laughs> it's just my own personal problem. Also, like a pilot that was it John Woo did. What really? Oh, I someone, don't know about someone this. Someone awesome made a pilot for a Lost in Space show. It's supposed to be really good, and it just Man. didn't get picked up. This is a rich property. Yeah. You know, people can't keep their grubby little mitts off of Lost in Space. And here uh, we and, are to nail it into are. the ground. <laughs> exactly. So, let's get into it. Uh, this, this I, I will say, this Netflix show, it's good. Do, do not forget about this Netflix show, because it's, it's a legit show. Legit. It's about being adrift in the cosmos. Is that's, the that's, the alter, that's the alternate title. Yep. Adrift, adrift in the Cosmos. In, adrift in the Cosmos. It just doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. Nah, it doesn't. Doesn't work with the theme song. Anyway, uh, so who's going to go first? Who's going to lead us into the darkness, you know, that is space? Strike who's first. Who's going to take... No. <laughs> Andrew, different rules this week. Okay. That was Cobra Kai. That okay. was last, last time's episode. Okay, Anyway, fine. who, who, who will take us on an adventure... Uh, on the high seas, and, and by the high seas, I mean I mean the highest sea, the the sea that's the s- high, that's above the that space. The SBA Sea, guys. I'm not on as many drugs as it sounds like I am. Let's just start with Marcus Mann. Whoa! All right. You ready to give us your uh, Lost in Space? I am so ready. Take it away. Yeah. Here we go. Oh my gosh! This is Lost in Space by Marcus Mann. There was nothing quite like it on Earth. About a 10-kilometer trek away from the landing zone, long past where the last sights of the shuttles faded away and were obscured by foliage, there was a clearing overlooking a vast forest. The trees were larger than any Dr. Smith had seen on Earth. Here they grew wild outside of the rigorous control of the restoration projects of her homeworld. They were effortless and beautiful, filled with hope. She smiled. Beauty could be such a useful distraction. She was beautiful herself but that wouldn't be of use today. The Robinson boy was too young to care, which was just as well. She needed her flight suit for this to work, and it was anything but revealing. Fortunately, the boy had a sense for adventure. That's how he found the alien before her. While she was busy playing doctor with the colonists, the boy had slipped away and discovered it. The answer to all her problems, and it was bonded with a child. It was infuriating, but she hadn't become a doctor by playing nice. She unfolded Don's knife and sat on the edge of the cliff. That had been easy enough to steal. The pilot was susceptible to much simpler forms of persuasion. She wasn't planning to bring him into this yet, but it never hurt to have extra leverage. She punctured the leg of the flight suit, then clenched her teeth as she dragged the edge of the blade up her shin. She kept the pain inside her, even as the warm red bubbled to the surface. It took a minute before the blood had covered her leg to her satisfaction. Another minute gave her time to stow the bloody knife and twist onto her stomach with her legs suspended from the precipice. She didn't have to scream. The people were too far away to hear her anyway. All it took was one whimpered word. Help! The way the alien moved was incredible. If it hadn't been for the boy whooping encouragement as it carried him up the trail, it would have been completely silent. It deposited the child as soon as it reached the clearing. 
He ran to her, shouting, Dr. Smith, are you okay? I am now. She took his hand, and he pulled her as hard as she could. She did her best to make it look like he was really helping her up. Didn't take much to convince a child of his own strength. She stumbled as she stood, and laboriously moved back to a seated position away from the edge. Thank you, Will. I wasn't sure anyone would hear me. Will beamed. They shouldn't have, but I told Robot to listen extra hard for a few words in case anyone got in trouble. His ears can hear almost the whole planet. It's lucky you said help. I originally sent him up to seek out people screaming, but we interrupted some things we shouldn't have. <laughs> Dr. Smith chuckled. <laughs> yes, very lucky. Do you have a bandage? Oh, right. Will reached into his bag and pulled out a white strip. Dr. Smith took it and laid it over her wound. As it contacted the blood, the bandage spread out, then contracted to close the gash. The release of painkillers radiated out from her leg like a cool wave. It's a shame you punctured your suit when you fell over. Uh, there's no way that would hold a seal now. Well, I'm just glad I'm in one piece. Thanks for the bandage. Happy to help, doctor. But shouldn't you have something yourself since you're a doctor and all? I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> you should see my sister Judy, then. She'll make sure you're all right. Now, that's a great idea. Is she following you? Will looked away from Dr. Smith. He turned his eyes to the forest and audibly gasped. It's incredible. Will, I asked you a question. Didn't your parents teach you it's rude to ignore questions? I'm sorry, Dr. Smith. No, ma'am, she's not following me. In fact, I... Please don't tell my parents... They said I couldn't go out on my own anymore because it's dangerous, and I didn't. I, I mean, well, I have Robot with me, but I don't think that would count, and I don't want to be in trouble again. No one knows I'm out here. I was just trying to help. Dr. Smith let herself feel the pain in her leg just enough to keep from smiling. Your secret's safe with me, Will. After all, you did save my life. Will ran over and hugged her, then let go suddenly. I'm sorry, it's just... Everything has been so scary lately, and I'm just glad I was able to help. You're a brave young boy, Will. Why don't you have a seat and talk with me for a minute? I think it'll be a little time before I'm up for walking again. Okay. So, <laughs> what were you doing out here anyway? Do you know the word perimeter? Is that some kind of gauge on the ship? <laughs> it means outside. In this case, I was trying to expand the perimeter of our camp. That's the space that it's safe to travel in. If I can prove there's no natural threats, we'll have more room to grow. <laughs> That's really cool. Can I come with you next time? If we're together, that means I'm not alone, which means my parents can't even get mad, and we can bring Robot in case we get in any trouble. <laughs> we'll see. Dr. Smith turned to stare at the alien. The unmoving sentinel the boy called Robot. She hadn't looked at it openly to avoid suspicion, but now she couldn't take her eyes off it. It was seven feet tall and made of a black metal that seemed almost organic. It had muscle-like ribbons that twisted themselves into powerful appendages, and a blank face that gave no hint of what it was processing inside. Can you tell me more about the alien? <laughs> you mean robot? I guess he is an alien, but I never thought of it that way. He definitely didn't come from Earth. Can you believe he didn't even know how to talk when I met him? He was able to put himself back together from two pieces, but he didn't know a word of English. I taught him a few things, though, and he seems to understand what I'm saying most of the time. It's weird, though. Ever since I saved him, it's like he just knows what I want. And the best part of it all is he just does it. Whatever I want. Well, isn't that fascinating? Put himself back together from two pieces. 
Dr. Smith knew the alien had been strong, but this testimony to its robusticity was the last thing she needed. She stood up, then, steadying herself with a hand on Will's shoulder. The alien took a step towards her, but didn't close the distance between them. Are you sure you're okay standing, Dr. Smith? I'll be fine. I just want to get one last look at the forest. I fear it's too far out of our new perimeter. Too dangerous. I almost fell, and if you hadn't shown up, I might not have made it. She stepped lightly towards the edge, and Will followed. It's really beautiful, isn't it? She put her arm around Will's shoulder. It's far more beautiful than the last sight my sister saw. At least you'll have that. The alien moved with incredible speed, but Dr. Smith had gravity on her side. She leapt outward, pushing herself and the boy over the ledge. Danger! <laughs> Danger! The mechanical voice rang out over the boy's scream. The EVA tether Dr. Smith had rigged into the rock face shot out to connect with the magnetic link on her flight suit. The force of the sudden stop when she hit the end of the tether knocked the wind out of her, but it held. As she swung back and forth, she saw the alien wrap itself around the boy, bracing for the impact of hitting the forest floor. With a little luck, he might even survive. Oh well. She'd deal with that when she had to. She tapped the control on her wristband to summon her shuttle. It took hours to find all the pieces of the alien and bring them back together close enough for it to reassemble. When it finally lit up again, it repeated its unheeded warning. Danger! Danger, Will Robinson! It pushed against its restraints as it saw Dr. Smith. Before you try to kill me, let me make one thing clear. I am the only chance that boy has at surviving. The alien froze. Unfortunately, you seem to be the only chance I have of surviving. You almost brought down the Resolute, so I suspect this will be easy for you. I need you to kill its commander. I think we can come to an agreement that works for both of us. Now, listen closely, because you're about to learn a few new words. The end. Oh, oh, oh. Dr. Smith. She's a bad cookie. (laughs) (laughs) She is not Gary Oldman. But, but. But he's a bad cookie, too. He's a bad cookie, too. He can be a bad cookie when he wants to be. Is it true? Uh, Marcus, thank yes. you. Thank you for your story. You're very welcome. But it is now time to turn our attention, our collective attentions, to Andrew Neal. <laughs> Attention turned. There it is. Hey, it's Physically, me. I saw it. Hey, Andrew. I'm here. Uh, are you ready to give us your version? You did write a story, correct? Um, I, I made a mistake. I, I wrote a, I wrote a piece called Found in Space. <laughs> um, oh, so, like, they're not lost at all. Everyone knows where they are. Um, <laughs> Variations on a theme. I like it. Man. Just, it's super short. Yeah. Hey, there's Alpha Centauri. Glad we made it. Yeah. That, hey, <laughs> I, I shared it with Marcus ahead of time, so he, he read it. He, he knows. It was right, a textual well, message. <laughs> Well, you know what? There was a lot there. There was a lot of uh, subtext. How about you give it to us again? Okay, great. Uh, how did that go, Marcus? <laughs> oh, Alpha Centauri. Good thing we made it. That was it. Yeah, close you got enough. It. Yeah, close enough. I mean, for I mean, you got to give it to me at least for once. I get uh, under word count or under. It is amazing. <laughs> gold star. Gold star. Uh, under our limit. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, this is Andrew Neal's uh, sham fiction of Lost in Space. Oh, you did it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. I was being I was being a, a cad. You're being a liar. <laughs> okay. With a quick hiss and a sudden whoosh of air, the pod hatch parted and Will Robinson burst out into the green. 
His mum called some cautionary words after him, but he didn't stop running to hear what they were. He'd already heard it all before, and in the end, all it ever amounted to was be careful, which he didn't need to hear time and again. He was quickly out of the clearing, out of the pod, or out of sight of the pod, and into the bush. Millions of shades of blue, green, and bluish green swished and squiggled and sprouted around him. He ran his hand along a massive leaf at least a meter wide, collecting beads of dew on his fingertips. He pushed through curtains, and curtains of thin, twisty vines and ferns with soft, hair-thin plumage that tickled his skin. This wasn't the place Will grew up, a city composed of metal and glass, where the only trees were those planted by someone, usually along a boulevard. Now, no, this was a place of adventure. Will reached into his backpack and pulled out his tablet, which lit up with a map. From his sketch of the Robinson family's pod, a dotted line snaked its way around sketches of other landmarks Will had discovered. He'd already passed the big leaves and the hairy ferns, and now the massive tree with the smooth white bark towered before him. This is where Will hoped to meet someone. Oi! He cried out through a cupped hand. Robbie! He didn't have to wait long. The buzzing and hissing of servos and more intricate mechanisms grew quickly close. And from around the broad trunk of the white tree, his friend appeared. Greetings, Will Robinson. Hiya, Robbie. Although Robbie, too, wasn't from here, it pleased Will how well the robot fit in with the surroundings. He was insect-like in appearance. Six long, versatile legs, iridescent blue-green plating, and bulbous visual sensors on his head. He was a bit human, too, of course. He had torso and two arms with three-fingered claws. What shall we do today? Robbie asked stiffly. He'd gotten better and better with English words the more he spoke with Will, but now, although he knew what to say, how he said it needed work. We're going to find the pirate treasure, Will said. See? Here on the map. Will turned his tablet around so Robbie could see it. Follow the dotted line to the end. Robbie leaned in, narrowing the apertures over his visual sensors. There are no coordinates on this map. So, how do we determine our location? <laughs> Don't worry, we'll find our way through. Just keep an eye out for pirates. Robbie cocked his head. What is pirates? Will smiled. He liked teaching Robbie things. Oh, you know, they, they steal things, like treasure. In really old stories, they sailed in ships on the ocean, but now stories have them in space, too. <laughs> Not just stories, either. Don says he's run into real pirates before. <laughs> Did they try to steal his treasure? Robbie asked. <laughs> yeah, sort of, Will replied, not certain if Don had mentioned what he'd been transporting. It didn't really matter, because Will suddenly had a great idea. I got it! We'll be Don and Debbie. The pirates took our cargo of jewels and gems, and we gotta get them back. Shall I perform the role of Debbie? This made Will laugh. First, because he was pleased how good Robbie had become at playing, and second, because, well, this robot was asking Will if he could play a chicken. Robbie didn't know that, of course. <laughs> yes, Robbie, Will replied. You be Debbie. Splendid, Robbie said. And with that, they were off. They rounded the great tree and started toward the next landmark on the map, the really big boulder. As they made their way, Will waxed further upon the circumstances of their adventure. We tracked the pirates to this exotic planet, but we used up all our fuel to get here. So, 
We don't just have to steal back our cargo. We have to steal the pirate's ship in order to escape. Will Robinson, if we steal, are we pirates? Of course not. We're the heroes. It's not <laughs> stealing if you're stealing from pirates. Robbie cocked his head. What does a pirate look like? Will thought about this. Uh, you know, kind of messy, but dangerous. Their pistols are always at their hip, ready for action, and they're not afraid to use them. Um, what else? Lots of them have beards, I suppose? Robbie stopped walking. I believe I have seen a pirate. Will stopped dead. You have? He asked excitedly, <laughs> feeling his heart beat faster. Like, a real one? I believe so. Robbie replied, Where? Robbie pivoted back and forth a couple of times before stopping and gesturing into the bush to Will's right. Splendid! Let's go! Without a second thought, Will <laughs> leapt into the thicket and began pushing his way through. Robbie followed close behind. It didn't take long for Will to begin wearing out. The bush here was more dense than the areas Will typically kept to. How far do you think? he asked Robbie eagerly. Not too far. Would you like me to lead the way? Yes, please, Will responded quickly with a sigh of relief. Robbie in the lead made the going much easier. The robot could part the shrubbery and make way for Will, though at one point Robbie bent a branch to the side, let it go, and it snapped back to strike Will broadly in the chest. <laughs> oh. Watch it, Robbie, he cried. Oh dear, my apologies, Will Robinson. Eventually, even with Robbie leading, Will was pretty well banged up. His face and arms were covered with scrapes, and his legs felt heavy. As he opened his mouth to protest this detour, Robbie halted and turned. My heat sensors detect human life 30 meters ahead. Will's aches and exhaustion faded with the news. The hair on the back of his neck and arms stood up, producing goose flesh. Okay, he began. You stay back. You'll make too much noise. If I need you, I'll call. Copy that, Will Robinson. Be careful. Will groaned. When did he taught Robbie those words? He pushed ahead <laughs> through the bush, trying to be as quiet as possible. With each step, his curiosity and excitement grew. Who would he find in 20 meters? 10 meters? Who did Robbie think was a pirate? Will heard voices. He couldn't make out any words at first over all the rustling and buzzing in the air, so he crawled forward on his hands and knees, little by little, until he could hear. Two people were having a heated discussion. It didn't take him long to recognize the voices. That's not going to happen. Yes. Yes, it is. No, there is no way I'm doing that. What other choice do you have? I'll, I'll expose you. I'll expose the both of us. You'd rather die in prison than do this? Where's your head at? Prison? <laughs> I tell them what we're up to, and there's no way we make it that far. You're right. There was a sharp snap followed by a warm humming. Will recognized the sound and parted a few big leaves to see. He went rigid in fear. Dr. Smith was pointing a blaster at Don West. <laughs> we're in too deep, Don. Either you say yes to this plan, or this absurd jungle becomes your final resting place. Don chuckled, but there wasn't any joy in it. It scared Will. Even if I agree, how do you know I won't blab? You can't keep an eye on me all the time. 
Will turned to Dr. Smith, whose blank expression was somehow worse. I will not be taken easily, Don. I assure you, if I am exposed, there will be death. I'm giving you the option to limit it. Don looked away from Smith toward Will, who flinched, but Don didn't seem to notice. The man's eyes were distant and sad. We can do this without killing the family, he said. Will had to swallow a gasp. What family? His family? What was happening? No, Don, Smith said. We can't. Will didn't understand. What were they doing that involved killing a family? Surely Don wouldn't agree to it, whatever it was. Will felt tears rolling down his cheeks. He watched Don's face closely, as the sadness evaporated from the man's eyes until he became expressionless. Don turned back to Dr. Smith. Fine. That's all he said. And then he walked away, back towards the pods. Will saw a terrible smile curl on Dr. Smith's lips. He let the leaves fall back into place so he didn't have to see anymore. He crawled backward between the exposed roots of a tree and didn't move for a while, even after he heard Dr. Smith leave. Soon, the familiar sounds of Robbie grew closer. The robot maneuvered around the tree and lowered himself down in front of Will. Did you see the pirates? Will wrapped his arms around his knees and pulled them close to his chest. He nodded. Robbie perked up. Are we in danger, Will Robinson? <laughs> the robot's tone was somehow soft. Will peered up at him, a knot growing tighter in his stomach. He nodded. The end. <laughs> wow, something is afoot. I like it. And you know, and you gave us an adventure on the high seas. Yay. <laughs> that worked out. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Well, those were two stories, and they were, I must say, they were both excellent. I really dug both of these. Yay! Good! Uh, so, while I, uh, I, while I, while I uh, think about uh, things, and while, while you catch your breath, I want to hear just a little bit from you. Marcus, uh, your story, uh, what, what did you find the most challenging or rewarding when writing yours? Sure. Well, one big challenge, which is super dumb, is I didn't ask what Dr. Smith's actual name is. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time wrestling with, like, do I come up with a name for her? And would it be her sister's name? What's her name? Because that's going to affect the point of view. Uh-huh. And then I finally decided, well, I'm going to use that in the story. You know, she's assuming this identity, so that's how she's referring to herself to keep alive Sure. Um, so we get a few lines about, you know, playing doctor and uh, it's mm-hmm. harder to become a doctor, that kind of thing. Sure. And I will say uh, her her real name is June Harris. June Harris. For those yeah. uh, interested parties. Anyway, uh, don't let me interrupt. Yeah, so that was, that was part of it. Uh, had a hard time figuring out whose story to do because... I remember you said that the mom and daughter were your favorite characters, and I thought Mm -hmm. about doing that. Mm -hmm. But then you gave me a robot story, and the robots bonded with a boy, so I gotta, (laughs) you know, I gotta do the robot. Sure. No no non-robot story that I'm gonna do. (laughs) Excellent. Um, And then I'll remember, I'll admit uh, two things that I had as outside knowledge. 
So one is I remember seeing a picture of this robot in the Netflix as I was ah. <laughs> browsing through. Yeah, I was wondering about that. So I, I loosely remembered it being like a blackish humanoid thing. Yeah. So that's what I went off of. And then uh, the other thing was in the old series, they called him Robot. So I, I called him Robot. All all good. You did, you did mm. good with that knowledge. Uh, Andrew Neal. Hey. Uh, challenges for you. Um... This one was challenging in determining, uh, I suppose, like, just all the details to add in. Um, I, like Marcus, attached to the the boy and the robot, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, I, from the very beginning, there was no other thing that I was going to do. Um, <laughs> and so I, I settled on this approach where... I wanted to feel, you know, just kind of like, you know, a boy, kind of storybooky, you know, at least in the early goings, where he's like going on this adventure with his friend, and then having it transition into something more dark, and so trying to get, trying to figure out how best to pace out that and transition into that, was was a real challenge. Um, but I mean, overall, this one came to me um, pretty easy compared to others. Great. That's good to hear. Well, thank you both. Uh, now, before I tell you who won and who lost, uh, I, j- I just got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, this is uh, this is Lost in Space. It's a Netflix show. It's a real show. It's not this made-up crap that you guys wrote. And so uh, I-, I will say that uh, Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless did a better job I no, will consider sure them the winners of this week's show. Uh, I will also point out, as long as I'm talking about credits, that I believe the original creator of the original old-timey Lost in Space show was Erwin uh, Allen. Uh, I hope I got that information right, because I that, w- that was a quick Google, because I had to remember. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if I got it wrong, uh, audience, just, you know, write me uh, angry letters. That is uh, angryletters at shamfiction.com. We will totally read any email sent to angryletters at shamfiction.com. No, we're not. <laughs> it's I'll a lie. R- remind everyone, not a real email. <laughs> not a real email. I'll never see it. Anyway, anyway, uh, onto, the, uh, onto the guts, onto the, the glory, etc. Mm. Who... Wrote this better between Andrew and Marcus. Do, 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 do. I, I, oh, this is so hard. No, student space. No, student space. <laughs> I gotta give this one. I gotta give it to Marcus. Oh, man. It was a close one, but I think Marcus pulls ahead just by hair. And I can, I can explain why. You better explain yourself, young man. <laughs> okay. So uh, it it was it was really tough because you both gave me something that I really wanted, which was uh, a a boy and his robot mm. is always fun, uh, and B you both made Doctor Smith really evil, like mm-hmm. like and yeah. not just like blindly evil, but like this is a character with motivation who who is at odds with the other characters and is duplicitous and and she's always up to something she always has a plan and you gave me that and both versions of dr smith were excellent 
But just the fact that in Marcus's story, Will refers to the robot as robot <laughs> instead of Robbie kind of takes the cake. And yeah. I know it's it's maybe a little unfair because he remembered that detail from the past. But you know what? It sold it for me. It's just a little bit more. That was your sole thing? That was it? <laughs> like, Marcus, I'm going to apologize to you on Eric's behalf. <laughs> yeah. They're two extraordinarily equal stories. <laughs> yep, absolutely the same, except ro- Robot versus Robbie. And, and I will say, I will add, Marcus's is more in line with the tone of the Netflix series. Okay. So it is a purely a similarity thing. Um, because both of these stories were amazing. Thank I you. really dug them both. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, like Marcus's story, uh, <laughs> there, there are, are certain things that really, uh, stuck out to me. Um, I, Dr. Smith, just like, I'm not that kind of doctor is, a, <laughs> is a line directly from this show. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something she said. And the other thing that scared me how accurate it was Mm. you had you tricked the robot into destroying itself by jumping off a cliff yeah that happens in the show what (gasps) spoiler spoiler alert what yeah so Andrew, i I think I want to say the only reason you didn't take the prize is because Marcus, he, he put a blindfold on, he threw a dart, <laughs> and managed to get a bullseye. That's, a, just, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Just no contest. Wow. I, I had literally no idea, because that's not... Why would I know that? <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. crazy. Exactly. Oh, no, that's so and, cool. Uh-huh. Uh, and actually, I like your version better, Marcus, of like the how that happens, how it goes about. Um, it's just, yeah, you should check it out cause you will, you will get, you know, these, these weird tingly feelings that sometimes happens. Like, I don't know about you guys. If I write one of these sham fictions and then I watch the thing, the actual property and the moment comes up where a character speaks, like says a line that is similar or like acts in a similar way. So I get weird. these chills, yeah. these weird little, Oh, that's kind <laughs> of uncomfortable. You will, you will definitely get those chills. Wow. Cool. Watching. Yeah, uh, that's so crazy. I just I gotta give you credit for that. I know that's just that's not even your you didn't even intend to do that, and no. yet, yeah. Anyway, I liked that. Wow. <laughs> so good job. Yeah. So good Thank job. You. Yeah, Marcus. I uh, my, the the key thing that I took from your piece is I loved the dread in it, where I I knew from the beginning that something bad was gonna happen to Will. And you just, just, you know, irk that out the whole time. And <laughs> and it's so frightening because there's this knife and there's a cliff and there's all these things that I'm just like, and she's such a, you know, you have such a clear sense of who this character is through the voice that you've given her. And it's so cold and calculating and you just know that it's going to happen. And so that just leaves, mm-hmm. there's just such a suspense throughout the piece. So oh. you, you nailed that. It was wonderful. Child endangerment. Thank you. Is always good. It's a forte. In stories. In stories. Yes. Yeah. Don't fire us future Disney. 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> we do not endanger children. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I, I just, I thought your sense of perspective and the suspense in the piece Mm -hmm. was, was great. Um, my, my hangups on it were a little bit in terms of clarity of action, um, especially near the end. Um, I knew we were falling off a cliff, but like a lot of the action that was taken to get there through me, I didn't quite, wasn't able to picture it. Um, and overall, in in terms of the whole piece, I found it difficult to picture, like, what was going on with this suit that she was using. Um, I didn't quite get a clear intention as to what was going on there. So that, that threw me, that a sure. bit, with, in terms of clarity in, in, that, in those details. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I will also agree with that, especially just the, the quick action at the end which I think might just be an issue because you were trying to, like it's quick action in that she's leaping from this cliff and she's pulling uh, Will with her and the robot has to leap after to protect the kid. You know, all this stuff is happening and it's all told in so few words that if you miss one word, you, you don't know exactly what's going on. So I like at first I thought uh, Dr. Smith had held on to Will mm. as she went over. And so she was holding on to the kid just so that the robot would jump over. Oh. And then I realized a couple sentences later that, wait, no, Will is, like, the robot has Will. Wait, what's happening? And then mm-hmm. the robot smashed on the ground. And at the end, I wasn't actually sure if Will survived. Good. Okay, so See, we're not supposed to know if yeah. Will survived. That part you're not supposed to know. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. That that but, that yeah, that was clear to me. The the okay. the fact of whether or not he like that that it was a mystery whether or not he died. That I think I, I got that your intention was to leave that ambiguous. Um but yeah, everything else that Eric was saying I agree with. And then the transition just to the end, like I I didn't I had such a clear picture of like where this this the the bulk of the story was set, you know, with this cliff and looking out over the the forest. Um so those details were very clear, but then at the end when we transitioned, like I can't even really remember what was like the setup in terms of her confronting the robot, like what was happening at that point. So sure. it was just like Eric said, lots of detail there at the end that moved really quickly. Yeah, I think that's that's all totally fair. Uh, and I, I was debating whether even to go into that next scene because if this was just a short story, that scene wouldn't exist, right? Because you're sure. setting up an entirely new conflict. Uh, and that's not how this kind of thing should go. If I were just doing it as a short story, I probably would have done more of a setup of what her ultimate goal was so that it would conclude at the end. But I was going off the sort of, uh, gosh, I almost said it, no no pun intended, cliffhanger of this oh, ending. No. Uh, <laughs> and then the TV-ish vein. But uh, yeah, and you know, the... I, I totally agree. Could have blown up that last couple paragraphs a bit more to make the action clearer. Uh, especially because I liked the notion of having a self-magnetizing grapple. Uh, yeah, for sure. It just shoots out and snags yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I liked that as well. Uh, I think this was a good case of uh, what we talked about a bit um, on last or last time with in terms of like trying to dole out a character's intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think your piece did that in a really positive way where you know that she wants to um 
she wants this to use this robot. She wants mm-hmm. to be able to use the robot, but we don't know how she's going to accomplish it. So the mystery and the suspense is how she's going to do it. We know the why, but we don't know the how, and that really worked. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Completely agreed. Um, a couple other uh, positive things, Marcus, about your story. I really, I love your version of children. <laughs> your child characters always crack me up because, like, they are often uh, like precocious, very upbeat, and ultimately just dumb. <laughs> and there's there's something about it that always makes me happy um <laughs> and just because we've seen them we've seen these characters uh in other stories written by you and it always makes me happy yeah uh, I, I choose a bunch of dopey children don't i yeah you do you do and it's great um and i really like that smith in your story is using this like kind of like adult authoritarianism like i'm an adult and i know more than you Mm. you have to trust me because you're a dumb child um as a method of like manipulating him Mm -hmm. like i love that because it's it's very spot on and it just it felt so right for this character um it's it it really telegraphed her intentions well we as the reader can see exactly what she's doing we can see through her and it 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 totally sells it for me that it's going right over Will's head. He is going to buy whatever she is selling. Yeah. Thank you. And that's great. And it also gives you this sense of dread because you have this adult taking advantage of this child. Yeah. No, thanks. That was, that was very, very intentional in this to just like, I I viewed this as she has a toolkit, right? How hard is it to replace your sister and get on the ship? Uh, So there are, different types of people she needs to manipulate and she knows the best way to manipulate each one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very well done. Uh, and Andrew, um, again, really loved your story. You Thank did you. something that they really don't do in the TV show in that they make it in that you made it fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm. really love the idea of this kid who is on this amazing alien planet who's having the time of his life. You know, mm. he's he's not wrapped up in the drama that the adults are going through in that, like, well, how do we survive? You know, how do we get off this planet? How do we go back to where we were uh, trying to go and all this stuff? Uh, he was just, he's out. He's a kid in his robot uh, playing. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see episodes like that from the actual TV show where you just have, have, you just have Will being a kid. Yeah. So it was a very welcome and unexpected uh, version of this. Um, cool. And it really worked for me. It gave me an Iron Giant vibe. Oh, yeah. 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 Completely. Which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. definitely something <laughs> I had in mind. Uh, <laughs> I like the use of the word splendid. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, you sprinkled that in there enough where it was very obvious that, like, all of the words that, that Robbie learned or all the words that he knows came from will yeah and so it's great to see will then use uh, uh, such a strange word like splendid that you don't often hear kids use mm-hmm. it's just it it made it really really paid off for me I, my absolute favorite moment though was when the robot says be careful because <laughs> i don't remember teaching him that yeah <laughs> yeah 
No, good. I'm glad you picked up on those. Those were details. Those were the details I'm really glad you picked up on. Mm -hmm. I also just like that Will, you know, he he gets hurt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Children getting hurt. It's just funny. Yeah, children get hurt. It happens a lot. It's funny. Um, But you you did this great thing that you did this shift in tone when other characters came in at the end. You know, Mm -hmm. suddenly we were in the lost in space that I expected. Okay. Where you have this deadly serious action going on and that there was very clearly a plot happening involving Dr. Smith and she was manipulating another character, you know, to Mm -hmm. achieve whatever her ends are. And it was just in so few words, you summed up that character so well. I just... I picked up on it. I got who Dr. Smith was immediately. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. So everything worked for me. I really hate to say that I don't have, like, criticism. I don't really have okay. notes for you, for this story. It was just really well done, executed perfectly. Thank you. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> um, Which means yeah. I'll leave it to Marcus to tear it apart. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's what Marcus's do. I would like to uh, hear, um, <laughs> hear if if you do, because yeah, I mean the transition. I mean it, it's a big transition, so I, I I'm glad to hear that it worked for you, Eric. Um, did that work as well for you, Marcus? Not quite as well. Okay. So, I, but I I loved the story, right? So I was just having a good time. It just made me happy. Fun <laughs> robot adventures. Uh, so I, I think that when it came to that point, uh, I lost Will's perspective a bit. Okay. You know, we, like we were, we were having a conversation that uh, we sort of cut away and we just observe. And so not having Will's super strong inserts throughout that conversation. I know there were a couple comments like, is that mm-hmm. my family? Um, it, it was uh, that that threw me a bit. Okay. Uh, whereas, like, if you kept it to, what did Will lose in that conversation? So the the huge tragedy to me here is he's losing his ability to have fun adventures with his friends, right? Like, this uh, usurps all other activity that he has to, or that he could be doing. So you go mm-hmm. from this kid who's just having a good time, and then now it's no more adventures ever. Now he has to figure out how to keep people safe, how to deal mm-hmm. with the adult world. And I would have liked to see some uh, connection between those two things in, in okay. a bigger way. Um, but then, you know, yeah. he's very sad then at the end. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Arms like wrapped around his knees. But mm-hmm. also, maybe if it was a more direct threat. Right? Like, because he doesn't even hear you have to kill the Robinson family. Or we have to no, steal the robot. No, it's never said, it's never articulated specifically that they're killing the Robinson family, no. And that may be part of it, right? So, like, for the kid to make that leap, I didn't know why he would make that leap. Um, if they're the only family, you know, if there's something else to tie that together. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I think, as the listener, you've got the, of course, we know the story structure, we've got we more knowledge of who these characters are so we're thinking of course this is to attack the robinsons mm-hmm. but uh from the character perspective so that'd be the only thing it's, just, it's a small okay. deal i i don't think that would be your ending if uh this was just a short story either i think it's kind of the same thing just 
my story where we did a setup for what's on the next episode or in the next scene. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No, thanks for those, those details. Um, it's good to know because that is, it was something that like, as I was writing it, I was trying to determine what were the right details to add earlier in the story to connect it to that last part. Um, and something that I didn't expand on because it just bloated, the, it was going to bloat the story too much, um, was uh, Will's relationship with Don mm-hmm. and having that be a relationship where Will looked up to Don as someone that he wanted to mimic. Sure. And seeing Don say that he was going to kill a family, possibly his own, you know, it scares the hell out of him. So. Yeah, that that's but I perhaps didn't make that entirely clear. It, yeah, it could have been if Don said Will's a good kid, then damn, you know, <laughs> sure. that really sets us on a different trajectory. Okay, so sets up a relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get you. That's good. That's really good. Cool. But that's again, these are small yeah. things that revision process would take care of. Uh, yeah, yeah. No help, make it better. I like that. Okay, good. Good work, well, guys. This yeah, was fun. fantastic. Both of you really loved both of these stories. Thank you. Uh, we got to wrap things up here. I think it's it's about that time. Uh, so uh, we're going to take our, uh, our our 80s robot friend, Robbie. <laughs> I love that it's Robbie the robot. It's Robbie. It's Robbie. It's just, it's you know, at, 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 teach me what is love. Yep. Uh, yep. Love that so much. Anyway. Thank you both for writing amazing stories. Again, thanks a little little bit more to Marcus. Just a little <laughs> bit more. Just a little bit more. That's fantastic. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Lost in Space. You can find it on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, but anyway, if you don't have Netflix, go to a friend's house. Your friend has Netflix. Ask your parents do and get yeah. it from them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect. Anyway, anything else, guys? Uh, I I uh, think you did a great job, Andrew. I enjoyed this this very much. It was a fun prompt. It was, and I enjoyed your story quite a lot as well, Marcus. And of course, I always uh, respect the decision of the judge. <laughs> I bow to you. Hi. <laughs> there it is again. Hi. Uh, respectful. Yes. yes. Anyway. Thanks, guys, and thanks, everybody, for listening out there. We will see you again next time on another spectacular episode of Sham Fiction. Good night. Bye. Bye. Hi. <laughs> Sham Fiction is a Two Jackets production hosted by Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Original music by Reed Reimer. Head to shamfiction.com for the episode archive. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Shh. Keep it down, British lady. Oh, are you trying to get us killed? Oh, sorry for that, folks. British lady must have forgotten that we now live in a post-apocalyptic world in which even the softest sound could mean death. Oh, they're out there right now, you know. Listening.
We don't know how they got here or where they came from, but uh, it doesn't matter. All that matters now is survival. To do that, we need to find a safe place. Or, more specifically, a quiet place. Can we continue to make a podcast in this new, silent world? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Here's hoping there's a next time on Sham Fiction. This has been a Two Jackets production. Lost in space. Lost in space. Lost in space. We're going again. Lost, lost in, in space. space. We're going to space. And where are we going? Because we're lost. We're lost, lost in space. space.